Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. This event that happened with Thomas, a lot of times history, even churches, vilify Thomas in this way. Oh, he's the doubting one, and he hurt Jesus. But you know, that's not how Jesus sees it. In fact, the term doubt is not even found in this story. No, Jesus actually lifts him up and exemplifies him. Let me put it in a way that might help you understand. There was a husband who wanted to work on the electricity in the house. And his wife doubted that he could handle properly the electricity in the house. And you know what the husband said? Well, you're in store for a shock. (laughs) Well, now, that could be taken two ways. If you vilify the husband, boy, he's going to mess with the electricity, so she gets an electrical shock, right? Or he could handle the electricity appropriately, and she's shocked that he did what he said he could do, deal with electricity, you know, uplift him with the shock, you might say. Well, no different than with Thomas. You can vilify him. Or you can see how Jesus uplifts him. I want to give you a little history lesson. Now, the first time we really hear from Thomas, Jesus is talking about Lazarus, who has died, and that he wants to go see him. The other disciples say, oh, no, no, don't you remember? They just tried to stone you there. If you go back to Judea, they're going to kill you. You know what Thomas says? Thomas says, let us go with Jesus to Judea and die with him. You would look at Thomas and say, courageous Thomas, right? Willing to be a martyr along with Jesus. You wouldn't vilify him. Mm -mm. The next time we hear about Thomas, Jesus is in the upper room during Holy Week, washes the disciples' feet, okay? And Jesus says, now listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be where I am. You know the way to the place I'm going. And Thomas is a little confused, doesn't quite understand. And so he's honest. You call him Honest Thomas there. He says, Lord, (laughs) we don't know where you're going, so (laughs) how can we know the way? He was willing to speak up and ask that important question. And Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. But yet, here in this reading, we look at Thomas and we say, there's that doubter. Well, let's take a closer look at this event. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin. He was apparently a twin. He had maybe a twin brother. 
her twin sister. We don't really know who it was, but he was a twin. Was not with them when Jesus came. This is referring to eight days earlier, the first Easter. No different than today. Eight days ago would have been Easter. He wasn't there. Now, where was Thomas when Jesus came to the other disciples? We don't know. Maybe he was elected the one to go out and get the pizza or something, you know, or get a cup of coffee. He just wasn't there. So the other disciples told him over, the, over eight days, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and the place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, you know, Thomas is not asking for anything more than what the other disciples got. Because if you go up to 2020, you know what Jesus did eight days ago when he came into the presence of the disciples? He said, look at my hands and my feet and my side. <laughs> so he's not asking for anything more. We don't vilify or look down upon the other disciples. We shouldn't do it with Thomas. He's just being forthright. He's a deep thinker. He wants to know and see and touch. Do we not also? Let's go on. 26, eight days later. Now, it's kind of hard to pull a lot of gospel truth out of eight days later, but there is a connection with this eight days later. Let me share with you where we first hear eight days later. It was the birthday of Jesus, which happened 2,022 years ago. Jesus was born. You know what happened eight days later? The blood of the Messiah was spilt for the first time when he was circumcised. We see the humanity of baby Jesus. Now, the next time we hear eight days later, it's on the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John on a mountain, and he's transfigured before them. They see his divine glory. We see the divinity of Christ, and he glowed, but his hands did not have holes in them. But this happened eight days later, and now we hear it again. And eight days later after the resurrection, it is Thomas who brings the humanity and the divinity of Christ together for us in his faith. Let's take a look at what happens. His disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. This time he's there. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Jesus says, he didn't open the door or unlock the door. He just went through the door and he was there. That alone was a miracle. The resurrection body of Jesus Christ was different and yet the same. He walked through that door. And what does he say? Peace be with you. Now, what was Thomas dealing with? Death. He thought his Lord and Savior, who he has followed for more than three years, had died. Let me tell you, peace will never mean more to you 
then you re- when when you then when you're dealing with death in one fashion or form, maybe you're headed towards death. Maybe the doctor says you're terminal. Maybe a loved one has died. At that time, where do you find peace? It comes in the form of Jesus Christ. Because he's the resurrection and the life. And when you're dealing with death, and if you're not dealing with it today, you will. Jesus says, the peace I bring is not the peace of the world. You can't find it in the hospital. But you can find it in me. The peace I give is divine peace that wells up inside of you and enables you to deal with death itself, knowing that it's just the doorway to the best life ever. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he says, peace. If there's one thing we need in this life, as living in this life, is peace. And it comes through Jesus. Listen to what, listen to what Jesus said. And he said to Thomas, he walks in. He doesn't say... Uh, What have you guys been talking about? He knows Thomas is the one of the 12. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put your hand and place it in my side. Notice, he doesn't vilify Thomas. He doesn't use the term doubt. This is what he says. Do not disbelieve, but believe. He's given him inspiration. Believe, Thomas. And you know, we're not told that Thomas gets up and puts his finger in the hole in Jesus' hand. All Thomas does is he sees Jesus. He hears the words. He can't see, you might say, but he, I mean, he sees and he, the power is there. He hears the words of Jesus. This is what he says. Thomas answers, my Lord my human Lord, and my God, my divine God. He puts humanity and divinity together in this beautiful thing. He worships my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? And then Jesus looking to the future, looking to today with you and with me. He makes a prophecy And he says these words, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe, even though you haven't seen, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, And that by believing, you may have life, that power in his name. Yeah. You know, started out, now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin. You know, he was a twin. You know who his twin is? May I dare say it's you and you and me? Yeah. Is there not times that we question? Is there not times we say, you know, unless I won't believe. 
come on, haven't you ever in your mind thought, is there really a God? Did he really create the world? Come on, did he? Did God Almighty who created the world really become a little baby spitting up, wetting his pants, and soiling his diaper? Pudgy little baby. Really, God Almighty, helpless. Did Jesus really walk on water? Did he raise the dead like Lazarus? Did he really calm the wind and the waves? Did God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, really allow himself to be slapped, spit upon, flogged, and crucified? Did he? He who was buried, did he really unbury himself? Did those who stopped his heart, really, did they stop his heart and then he started his heart again? and just resurrected through those clothes that were wrapped around him, did he really remove that stone? (laughs) Is there really a heaven and a hell? Is there really life after death? You know, if we really face it, we too have questions if I dare say, unbelief and doubts. And I'm here to tell you, that's okay. God will not vilify you. He will uphold you. He will enable you to believe through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have questions, if you're a deep thinker, if you're cynical, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, St. Thomas, he's the patron saint of the cynical. That's okay. God loves that about you. When you're a deep thinker and you question, there's nothing wrong with that. And he will meet you and show you. If you have an open heart, and a hope in mind, no different than he came there for Thomas, who was questioning. He was a realist. And he came and he said, Thomas, look. And that's what God wants to do to each and every one of us. And he does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, 42 days from now, we're going to celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost is where Peter, one of the disciples, stands up through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says to the people, you know, our forefather, our king, David, is buried right over there. You know his body's there. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, he believed, even though he never saw the day of Jesus. And he wrote about it as a prophet and said that Jesus would die and rise and would not be left in the grave. He believed, even though he didn't see. We are standing before you. We've seen him and we believe. 
There's the disciples. He showed himself to over 500 people. And then he looks at this crowd where 3,000 were added to the kingdom on Pentecost. And he says, now listen, the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit is going to work in you. And by believing, notice what he says, by believing you will see and hear. You know, Holy Spirit is the electricity, the power of God that enables us to believe and to see the handiwork of God. Believing is seeing. If you have an open heart and an open mind. And the handiwork of God is not just holes in the hands. The first time the handiwork of God is mentioned in the Bible, it's creation. Look and see the handiwork of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, working faith in your heart. He'll enable you, if you have an open mind and an open heart, to see God's handiwork throughout creation. The Holy Spirit will enable you to see the handiwork of God in a changed life. In a church that makes a difference in a community. In a church abroad in the world that starts schools and hospitals and orphanages. The handiwork of God will be seen in hospitals where miracles are done. Doctors. The handiwork of God is seen in children who love Jesus. You see, it is our faith that enables us to believe and see and hear what God is doing throughout our world and all around us and ultimately in your life. You are the handiwork of God because he will never vilify you. He'll always come to you through the power of the Holy Spirit and enable you to believe and see in the waters of baptism, the washing of of your sins. Last night, two children were right here and were baptized. It is faith that enables you to believe and see that in the Lord's Supper, Jesus is present. You can hear him. You can touch him. And you can taste. Wow. Stop disbelieving, but believe. Let me try to wrap it up for you. Many of you know I have a granddaughter named Ari. She is only nine houses down, and when she comes over almost daily, our favorite thing to do now is to go for a walk. But you can't mention walk or the park because I have two dogs. They're brothers. They're like twins. They go crazy. You mention walk, and they're up howling and running around. So this is how we communicate. And my granddaughter goes, she gets her sweater on, she gets her shoes on. And when we're ready, say, let's go for a walk. And the dogs go crazy. If you have dogs, you understand. But these two have no restraint. They hit that door, you open it, and they they squeal all the way out. Well, my granddaughter, you know, loves to run and walk with me. And it's about 150 yards. And we have to go up on the the walking track and go to the park. But if there's anybody walking on that track, if there's anybody running, 
She is so doubtful, so leery. She comes scooting right up to me. Opa, pick me up, pick me up. And do I vilify her and say, I can't believe that about you. No, you know what I do? I pick her up. And I uplift her. And I hold her. And I give her that peace that she so desires. If we're walking and uh, another dog happens to come along because the, my two dogs seem to attract every loose dog in the neighbor, and they just come running and want to play. She's right up, pick me up, pick me up. And I reach down. I don't say I can't believe that. No, I just pick her up and I hold her. I bring her peace. Isn't that what God does to each and every one of us when we have questions, when we're struggling? He doesn't vilify us. He comes near us in word and sacrament with other people. The community of faith, the Christian church. And he ramps his loving arms. He picks us up like he did Thomas. And he loves us. And he blesses us. Yes, Thomas was blessed, but we are more blessed because we believe without seeing. As Tina said, do you realize God is present right now? That Jesus is here, the Father is here, the Holy Spirit's working inside of you, giving you the power to believe and see his handiwork all around you. <laughs> wow. What a God we worship. Amen.